0: In Your Ears Music.
1: Ooh la la, you are listening to the Purple Mac Sunday Session on In Your Ears Music.
0: Welcome to my Sunday Session. My guest today is mostly known for producing one of the best indie rock albums of all times. Last night by The Strokes from the debut album, Is This It? So my guest is Mr. Gordon Raphael. It's always a pleasure to have him on the show. Today, I invite my listeners on a journey on the exciting life of Gordon Raphael. So come with me to explore his journey in music. And if you are a fan of The Strokes, you may have seen Gordon Raphael on one of the videos on the YouTube Strokes channel about the Strokes meeting the producer, and Gordon was a guest on the first episode. How often
2: do people tell you, Gordon, that uh, your albums that you produce for us are the best of our albums? Um, all the time. <laughs> 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 I think they're just trying to make me feel good, of course. <laughs> You know, they follow up the saga and they go, this guy needs a little encouragement. Well, good job on um, what's those first two strokes out. Good job.
0: This was an extract from the video on the Strokes channel that you can watch if you like. And I also have a giveaway this month for you, for one listener. It will be a signed copy of Gordon's book. The world is going to love this. So stay with us if you want a chance to win this. I will share a password that I will give on this show. So please listen and give me the password by direct message on Instagram or Twitter. Gordon Raphael was born in New York and grew up in Seattle. His father was a jazz musician and he introduced him to lots of music, including Frank Zappa and The Beatles. And you can interact with us on Twitter using the hashtag PurpleMac. Follow my account PurpleMac on Twitter. Don Raphael. Thank you for coming back on this show. This was Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band from The Beatles' album, an album introduced to you by your father. People who know you as the producer of The Strokes may not know this, but your personal taste includes a lot of music from the 60s and the 70s. Jimi Hendrix, Frank Zappa. How do you think they influenced your personal work? Well, when I
2: was a little kid... I started hearing music on the radio and then buying albums. And the music I was hearing was just blowing my mind. So I thought that it was really important to blow people's mind. And what that means is doing such a good job and being so creative and original and powerful in your artistic choices and your expression, that people are just flabbergasted and their jaw drops open and they just don't know how you do it. No, I always wanted to achieve that with my music and my playing and my sounds and certainly in my productions and working with other musicians. So being outrageous is something I learned from like Jimi Hendrix. He dressed outrageously. He said outrageous words when you listen to him talk. It's just out of this world. And he put on one of the greatest shows. So I thought, why not take those values and, you know, Be that for other people. When you're in the studio, just be so cool and so good that people are just blown away and really happy. Mm ¶¶
0: The World is Going to Love This is available on Kindle and on paper version, on Wordville. When did you begin writing your biography and why now?
2: I always knew that I should write two books, but I never thought I would write them because I don't like to sit down and I don't like to be by myself. I'd much rather walk around in a town and to write a book, you really have to spend time by yourself and sit down. So when lockdown came, I started to write it. These were stories I told millions of times and the reason is just because I had time on my hands and I had nowhere that I could actually go. I couldn't go to the coffee shop. I couldn't walk around in my town because no one was on the streets. So I just stayed home and wrote my book.
0: How many albums do you own at home and what's the most valuable album of your collection?
2: That's a good question. Well, I guess I have about a thousand vinyl albums And I have the same ones and a few different ones on CD. And I also have the same ones on my iTunes. So as full bandwidth WAV files, because I like to listen that way. When you say valuable albums, I really don't care how much money an album is worth. Uh, I care how valuable it is to my heart and my ears. And so I have a lot of valuable albums like King Crimson Island's Mothers of Invention, Only in It for the Money, Gentle Giant in a Glass House, and Freehand. Original version, not those horrible remixes. Faith by The Cure, Nothing Shocking by Jane's Addiction, Too Fast for Love, Motley Crue, Yes, Fragile, Yes, Time in a Word, Genesis, Nursery Crime, Hendrix, Acts as Bold as Love, Hendrix, Cry of Love, Just to Name a Few. Those are the real valuable ones. I know a valuable record because when I put it on, my mind goes into a total trance.
0: was bathing by the band Skycries Mary. You were in the band Cries Mary in Seattle when the grunge scene became mainstream. What was your involvement on the writing and on the creation process of the songs?
2: Cries Mary was a very magical band. It was completely unlike everything in Seattle at the time. We had seven musicians in the band. We had a female and male vocalist um, who were married. We had a light projection system from the 60s with multiple projectors and a really cool guy running it. I played synthesizers and samples from horror movies. And uh, we had a DJ, as well as the whole rock and roll thing with guitar, bass, and drums. And the way we wrote the songs was we'd get together in our basement and tune up and get our sounds ready and then just start playing in one key for an hour, with a drum loop that the DJ was playing and that our drummer would play to. And usually out of a jam like that, some new incredible song would come out and then we would refine the best part. And that's how we did it. So we wrote all the songs together and then Roderick, our singer, would make the lyrics and then Anissa and he would work on how to harmonize it.
0: I have read in your book that uh, you've been touring with the Psychedelic Furs in 2001. How was the experience of touring with the band you had been listening to as a fan? There's a little
2: story in my book about that. I won't give it all away, but imagine that I was walking around in New York and in Seattle and even in London, wearing psychedelic furs on my headphones, listening to that music all the time. And then one day, I get a phone call from the lead singer who I never met before, asking me to join the band for a tour. I was just shredded. It was the greatest thing ever, and I was so happy and jumped up and down. And I didn't know if I would make the audition, but I did pass the audition, and it was just a golden opportunity to go out on the road with a band whose music I loved, and I was able to ask them all these questions about their career and their lives and get to know them as people. Totally amazing.
0: Coming up next, Love My Way by The Psychedelic Furs. Something surprising in your discography is that you do use lots of guitar, but also lots of synthesizers. The next song is using a lot of synthesizers. It's by your former band, Color Twigs.
2: This is one of my songs called So Temperamental by Color Twigs.
0: You mentioned the band The Satellites in your book. How was the work with the band on the album?
2: Satellites were a band from Mallorca. Now, I hadn't even heard of Mallorca when I was told that I was going to be recording this group. And it sounded very romantic, this island in the Balearic Sea. And then they walked in and they were super nice and very interesting. And their music was very powerful and dramatic The coolest thing was that the singer had an incredible voice, but he sang with this kind of Spanish accent on English language, and so it had a really beautiful flow to it, and it sounded very poetic to me. I really, really liked working with this group. In fact, I went on to make another record with them. I made Our Very Bright Darkness in New York City, and then we made Limehouse and the Cave in... England and they are recorded part of it in a cave in Mallorca This is one of the amazing songs from the album Our Very Bright Darkness It's Satellites from Mallorca with their song It's a Joy
0: in your career was when you were going to see a band but finally got in touch with a young, unknown band at the time called The Strokes. You describe in details your work relationship in your book. Did you have any idea that they would become as successful as they are when you were producing the debut EP? In fact, I was going to see how a
2: party promoter named Kerry Black did attracting crowds for music events. Because I had a band called Absinthe. And we wanted to get someone to help us book good shows so i went to the luna lounge to see one of her parties and there were two bands playing come on was the first band and the strokes was the second band Um, i certainly did not have any idea they would become successful when i produced their debut ep the modern age and the reason was is because nobody really liked guitar music in new york at that time And there certainly wasn't a lot of it on the charts, and record labels weren't signing it. So even though I loved working with them and thought that the EP we made was brilliant, in fact, it wasn't even an EP, it was just a demo. And then Rough Trade picked it up and made it an EP, and then I was surprised as hell when I saw them in Enemy Magazine a few weeks later.
0: Coming up next, it's the Liverpool band The Banshees who are covering the Stroke songs Barely Legal. This was the Velvet Underground with Waiting for the Man. In your book, you are very honest about the drug addiction you had been struggling with in the first part of your life, and which led to lots of excess and issues. People sometimes see drug addiction as almost an unavailable path when it comes to rock and roll culture. Is there anything you'd like to share with us and with people struggling on that level? What did help you to leave this all behind you? Well, that's a good question.
2: I think everyone on this planet is struggling and suffering to some degree. Some people don't even feel it. Some people deny it. But by and large, if you look around and look inside yourself, everyone is really suffering and going through a lot right now. And it's been that way almost for the whole history of humanity. Um, Drugs is something that comes along... And if you're really sensitive, you find that when you take this drug, it takes away some of your struggle, it takes away some of your pain momentarily, and might give you the time to write a song or uh, draw a picture or something. But almost all the time, people who take drugs become a slave to it. I certainly did, and almost everyone I knew did. And then that becomes normalized, like, well, everybody's messed up, everybody's strung out, everybody's got an addiction whether they're smoking cigarettes or drinking all the time or taking opiates or things like that. And it's very, very dangerous. The whole process of addiction is like it starts out fun with a small amount every now and then, and it quickly leads to a large amount and all the time. And then things like relationships break up. You can't hold down a job you drive a car into a tree, all these miserable endings. You go to jail, you get busted, uh, you get shot up in a robbery for drug money and stuff like that. It's quite a nightmare when it gets escalated, that's for sure. I was lucky because my family put me into an intervention and I went to drug rehab And I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I learned that even studying too much or working too hard or obsessive cleaning, they're all manifestations of addictions that try to take your mind off of your problems and off of yourself. And I don't know, there's free programs like Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous. But it's really good idea to hang around with people that have had experiences with drugs and alcohol and got over it, and survived. And the stories they can tell you and the methods that they used can help you. Like, when you're hanging out in a room full of people who are really drunk, there's not much you can learn. But if you hang around with people who are clear-headed and really doing positive, powerful things, you can learn a lot and you can take their example.
0: The next song I chose from Gordon Raphael is called The Big Stuff,
2: This is one of the songs I wrote in London when I moved there in the early 2000s. I wrote it in Regent House in Islington on a bunch of really cool equipment. I bought Novation Drum Station using 808 and 909 sounds and two Waldorf digital synthesizers all hooked together with Logic doing the sequencing. It's called The Big Stuff, you know, about the things that really matter,
0: This was Reptilia from Rome on Fire. In 2003, you produced again an album for The Strokes, Rome on Fire. Was there any difference in the collaboration compared to the first one?
2: We were still pretty new at understanding each other and knowing each other when we did Is This It? And then a couple of years later, we had the experience that we'd already have an album and an EP behind us. So there was a great camaraderie and we were already friends. So it was a lot different. And then, of course, they'd been on the road for two years, so their playing was on a super high level, which made my job really easy because they were playing like absolute monsters. (laughs) ¶¶
3: and stare at us Blow bubbles with their gum Take photographs of fun Have fun They'll name a city after us And later say it's all our fault Then they'll give us a talking to. I can do
0: This was Us by Regina Spector from a debut album, Soviet Kitsch, produced by Gordon Raphael. Did you instantly know that you were onto someone very special the first time you heard her playing the music? I basically
2: walked into a room and Regina was there and we shook hands and I said, what do you do? And she sat down to the piano with a drumstick in one hand and a piano under the other hand on the left hand. And she started playing Poor Little Rich Boy. And I thought within 10 seconds, the world is going to love this. And I have to record this person playing their music. It was just so incredible. And I was so impressed with her playing, her lyrics, her attitude, her appearance. Everything was perfect for me. And we started recording the album right away.
4: Did you see the stylish? Kids in the riot, troubled up like rocks. Said the night on fire will bleed. Trunches and shields. You know I cherish you, my love. But the has spread nasty disease around town. You caught on the houses with your trousers down. A head rush and in the bush. You know I cherish you, my love. Oh, I cherish you, my love. Tell me what can you want? I'ma strip it away, a year and a day I've bones, built bones Knows what I need, knows. Eating, it's Chewing me up, it's not right The young lungs keep be coughing up blood And it's all, it's all in my hands And it's all up the walls the stale chips are up And the hopes takes it down It's all these ignorant faces That bring this town down And the side of some cool pride I pass myself down on my knees. Just yes, I pass myself down on my knees. Now like, tell me what can you want? You've got it all, all the seniors have seen. Time strip it away a year and a day. I'm Bill Bones, Bill Bones knows what i need of fewer or more distressing sights than that I'm an Englishman in a baseball cap and will die in the classroom born. That's a class of our own, my love of our own. The,
0: the Libertines with Time for Heroes. You have been in charge of their sound on their concert. Is there any story or anecdote you'd like to share with us?
2: If you think of the Libertines, you can imagine that their very first UK tour was super exciting, incredibly chaotic. It was a great party, many cities in the UK. And I'll tell you something, they were in such top musical form and those songs were so fresh at that time that I really felt like I was on top of the world being in their little tour bus and going from city to city in the UK.
0: Your book is called the world is going to love this will your book be available online on wordville website or also in other shops
2: the book will be available on amazon on rough trade on the wordville website on goodreads on my gordotronic website lots of places available online and it will actually be in certain shops not a lot of them at first but you'll be able to find it
0: titled title Purple by Skin, an artist that you may know more from the group Skunk and N'Sanzi. Did you advise on any specific setup or arrangement to record this album with Skin?
2: I was so lucky to work with Skin. She was just magnificent and so kind and so happy. And her band was really powerful and really organized. And really, she came to me because she wanted the sound that I kind of got when I record a live band. So I just put my microphones up and her band got around and they just played. And I gave them that live feeling of just being free to be themselves. That was the specific setup. Maybe uh, 15 microphones on the band. And then after the songs were recorded, she did her vocal magic. She did like 10 tracks of vocals on every song and always first take and always perfectly and always with a giant smile on her face. What a great experience.
0: was the club by the band Heinz, an album that you produced. They sound like an early Strokes album to me. Were they looking specifically to recreate that lo-fi sound?
2: Uh, Heinz just loved the Strokes albums and so they just wanted to work with me because they loved those albums. Um, I set them up in a live situation in a studio in the south of Spain. It's a very nice studio, really old stuff, and you lived at the studio and ate our meals there. It was really cool. And they kind of made that lo-fi sound on their own, and I just recorded it, really. I didn't give them any advice or input. They just uh, did their thing, and I captured it.
0: In his book, The World is Going to Love, This golden Mansions. Generously, a list of artists he worked with, from page 319 to page 322, including more bands that are less mainstream than The Strokes or Regina Spectre, and we will listen to some of their songs. Starting with a band from Seattle called Red Martian, and Stephen just wanted to share some insights from his time recording the album with Gordon. We will then listen to the song "Won't" from their self-titled album Red Martian.
5: Hello, this is Stephen Jones of Red Martian. You're listening to Sunday Session with Purple Mac. Hey Gordon, I was just thinking about the time we recorded Won't at Electro Kitty Studios here in Seattle, Washington. It was way back in October 2014, wasn't it? And the three things that I remember are music, food, and fun. And I remember on our breaks... You would play music that you had recorded with other bands, as well. You would play um, music that had influenced you. In fact, it was the very first time I had heard Gentle Giant, and listening to Gentle Giant on those Adams reference monitors was—it was just amazing to hear all the detail in that. And then we'd also go and have food. There was a, a Thai restaurant that was in Wallingford, just up the street, and we'd often go there and have that excellent papaya salad. I'm sure you remember that. And that papaya salad just had enough citrus and spice in it that it could defeat any oncoming sinus infection or cold that you might think that you're gonna get. You know, the kind of cold that you're gonna get because you don't wanna get sick because you're gonna do something very important, like sing a vocal track. And the fun, just talking about music and all sorts of things. Uh, I think there was a buzz around the strokes at the time and you'd have to uh, you, you'd take a call during one of the breaks. And I remember there was uh, a sunny day in October and we were sitting out on the grass and you were talking to somebody in New York. And I was just thinking, how cool is this? And I was just listening to the details. And of course, these details ended up in your book. So I think that that is really amazing. And I, oh, I don't want to forget that Ethiopian restaurant, Queen of Sheba, which is here in Seattle on John Street. We had, that was excellent food. Gosh, how many places did we go to eat? And then picking you up in the morning in Seward Park. And we would drive to the studio, it was quite a few miles away, having all sorts of conversations about music. And I'd play demos of the songs that uh, I had recorded at home that we would be recording that day. Congratulations on your book, Gordon, and I really look forward to working with you again.
0: was the song I Want to Be a Dog by American artist Colleen Green. There is a 90s touch on the song I Want to Be a Dog. Was there a wish from Colleen Green to sound 90s maybe? I
2: just can't say enough good things about Colleen Green. She brought me to Los Angeles to record her album, and she had so much done. She had already recorded it herself on a demo version and some of those sounds were so good that I just said, let's take those guitars from the demo version and toss it over onto the big Pro Tools computer and use it in our mix. And it was also really interesting because she worked at a record shop on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood, and uh, in Echo Park, actually. And uh, we recorded the vocals at night after her work shift. We set up microphones and she did all the singing in that record shop. That was really cool. As far as 90s sounds, 80s sounds, I really don't know what it is or what it was. I just listened to what she wanted to do and made sure that she was happy with the way the recordings were coming across. It wasn't like I was thinking, let's talk about Nirvana or some other band from the 90s. It just came out that way. I mean, in the 90s, We did not have a woman walk on stage all by herself and put on a one-person rock and roll concert. Colleen Green is super unique.
0: You produced American-based band Cab Ellis' album released this year. I've seen them mentioning the use of 50 saxophones on a song. Was it the first time you had to work with an army of saxophones and how difficult was that?
2: Cab Ellis was a miraculous album to record uh, the East Coast Hold-On was the name of the album. We spent, I think, two weeks at Bear Creek Studio in Washington State, one of my favorite places to record in the whole world. And to be honest, they had one guy that they call Fat. And he played every saxophone and every woodwind on that album. And we just layered it up and layered it up. And it was really the first time I tried to use horn playing along with a rock band. That's a very rare thing that I, you know, from my experience. But he had so many great ideas and he really liked my processes and some of my suggestions, like running the saxophone through Leslie a couple times. And it's a phenomenal album. You just have to hear it. I'm so proud
0: of it. And before listening to Cabelli's song Three Days Only from the album The East Coast Hold On, we will listen to some feedback from the band on their work with Gordon.
6: So I think it was like August of 2020, right around then I was reading Lizzie Goodman's book, Meet Me in the Bathroom, and I got to the chapter where Gordon was interviewed and he was talking about recording with The Strokes and Regina and they were also talking about him. And I remember reading that and wanting to reach out to him. I looked online, found his email, found his website and just, you know, sent him some of our music, not thinking he would respond. And he responded pretty quickly. And we got to talking and that was the one thing we said we needed uh, was a producer for this next album we were working on. And I remember calling everybody in the band that Gordon had responded and i was shaking on the phone you know because i knew it was something that could you know sort of change things for us if we could lock him down and be able to work with him um and have that sort of direction so that was a huge moment i remember reaching out to everyone i was just you know off the wall and uh, when we got to Bear Creek, which was the next summer, we had been talking to Gordon for probably a year, planning. It was still COVID, you know, so uh, there were a lot of logistics. We didn't know if it was going to happen. It was right down to the wire, and everything sort of worked out. We were very lucky, and so we met up at Bear Creek in Seattle. We were there for three weeks. It was probably the best three weeks of my entire life, and what I remember about working with Gordon was – He didn't really say anything for the first three or four days. So we were like, fuck, you know, does he not like what's going on? And we were laying down the instrumental tracks. And then when we started laying vocals down and he started getting more of a sense of the songs, that's when he sort of snapped into action. And, you know, I saw everything that we had hoped would be there in him. And just his presence, such a calming presence and motivating presence, You know, he started to see what we were after and he would keep us on it until uh, we both felt like we had something. And what I also loved about working with him was uh, whenever he laughed at something that I did, I wanted to keep that take or, you know, that moment because, you know, he was always after weird things with, with really good taste. And whenever he laughed at something, or it surprised him, I always wanted to keep that. And uh, yeah, he, he taught us a lot and was just a great calming uh, presence in the studio and all around.
0: with Sid Simons previously known as Girlskin on new music they'll soon be releasing and we will listen to their song Dirt. What can you tell us about this collaboration?
2: Sid Simons and his band, I think they've changed the name now, was really fun because I got to go back to New York City for the first time in 10 years. I mean, I'd gone as a tourist and having fun, but this was one of the first times I recorded a band in New York in 10 years and they were really prepared and their album rocked. And they have great personalities and super good songs. And Sid has an incredible voice. So I'm really excited that you contacted them and that you like their music.
0: Share the password to enter the contest for the signed book of Gordon Raphael. The password is, of course, Raphael, do send me this password no later than 21st of August by direct message on Instagram or Twitter, Purple Mac. This was Sid Simons with Dirt. It should be released very soon. The next band is from Portland. They are called The Hugs, and I picked the song Singing Out My Window from the album True to Your Own Spirit. Three of the songs are mixed by Gordon Raphael, including this one, Singing Out My Window by The Hugs. Raphael, you have been working more than 30 years in the music industry, you achieved big successes, while also working with underground bands. When you are looking back at your professional and private life, is there anything you'd like to change and any advice you'd like to give to young artists?
2: Yeah, I have a funny story. All my young life I was trying to get a record deal and I was trying to do my own music and make my own recordings. And finally one time after being in my fourth band I actually had a record label from Los Angeles interested in Color Twigs. And what did I do? Well, I decided to take that moment to go to Europe and mess around for 4 months and just never be responsible to get back in communication with them. So I think it's really important in this rock and roll career or music career or just about anything else in life, try not to be self-defeating. Like People are usually their own worst obstacle. They want to blame like the internet or the industry or this record company presidents. But what I found with my own self is I was very good at being my worst enemy and being my biggest obstacle. So keep your eyes open and don't, you know, don't (laughs) stumble yourself on your path.
0: Gordon Raphael, thank you for being with us on this show again. It's always a pleasure. You can find his music on Bandcamp, on his website, Gordotronic. This show will be available on replay on Mixcloud. I will close the session with one of his more chill-out songs. Thanks to all the listeners, and until next time.
2: I want to say thank you. I've had a lot of fun doing this. Thanks for uh, showcasing the music and the productions, and my lifestyle on your show really like that and here is my song silence of the sun
7: love is hard. Silence. Of- So strange, it brings you what you want And so you chase around the silence of the sun Loving is so And chains of tear-stained bitter nights Tossing in the fire with no sleeping There's something lost in burning pain Weeping in the streets and the houses Hidden alone with saddened eyes A prayer forms on weak trembling lips Our hopes set sail in an evil wind bound on three Drowning ships so strange it brings you what you
8: want
7: so you chase around the silence of the sun
1: you are listening to the purple mackerel sunday session
4: in your ears music